Are you looking for more ways to learn about military and veteran culture? Are you a mental health professional or public health professional without lived experience in the military but find yourself working with veterans? Are you a caregiver or a family member of a veteran? Then you might be interested in a series of books that have been released with you in mind. By going to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books, you can check out three books that give you an insight into veteran mental health from a combat veteran perspective. These books are a collection of short, consumable essays that discuss a wide range of topics related to mental health and wellness in post-military life. Head on over to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books and check them out for yourself or follow the link in the show notes. Welcome to episode 55 of the Headspace and Timing podcast. Today, we're going to take a little bit to talk about the latest Headspace and Timing book, Combat Vet Don't Mean Crazy. Before we get into that, I'd like to bring back a former guest, Jane Strong, giving her impression on the book. It's really different, which I think is really important. It's different. It's not a... There, I've read some other books because when I was first learning about all this, I was, I was reading books about what happens when vets come home, but it was done... And I've got to say this, honestly, it's kind of done from the perspective of these poor veterans, nobody understands them, and, you know, the authors of this book do understand them, and this is how you treat them. It's not from the perspective of, you know, these are men and women who are going to be struggling with, any, with this culture change in any number of different ways. Here's the landscape they're facing. And here's why they have these reactions is because the stigmas from the military and from the civilian culture. Welcome to the Change Your POV Podcast Network. You're listening to Headspace and Timing, a show dedicated to breaking down the stereotypes about veteran mental health. My name's Dwayne France, and I'm a combat veteran of both Iraq and Afghanistan. After I retired from the Army, I took on a new mission as a clinical mental health counselor for my fellow service members. If you served in any branch of the military, you're familiar with the M2 machine gun, the 50 cal. It's one of the most effective weapons in the military's arsenal. If the weapon's headspace and timing wasn't set right, however, it was just a huge useless chunk of metal. Veterans can be rendered inoperable if their headspace and timing isn't set correctly either. That's my goal with this show, to change the way that we think and talk about veteran mental health and reduce the stigma against seeking support. Each week, we'll talk with mental health professionals, veterans, and those who support veteran service members and their families. We're going to have real and honest conversations about a topic that most just don't like to talk about, veteran mental health. Let's jump into this week's conversation. Welcome back, everybody, and thanks for taking the time to check us out again. Uh, as always, we appreciate you tuning in to learn a little bit more about veteran mental health. Uh, as you know, we have a couple of different types of shows, and in today's show, I wanted to give you a little bit of a preview about the latest Headspace and Timing book, Combat Vet Don't Mean Crazy, Veteran Mental Health and Post-Military Life. So this book is uh, sort of like the first ebook, only it's available in paperback, and we were able to put it together based on a group of posts that we've completed in 2017. So a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is a little bit of what it's about, and some of the things that are in it, and we're probably even going to have an excerpt or two uh, talking about uh, some of the different sections. So before we get into the excerpts, I wanted to talk about why we're doing this, why we're putting this book together. 
One of the challenges of talking about veteran mental health and post-military life is the first thing when someone says anything about combat veteran. It's the image of the crazy combat veteran sitting on the side of the road holding a sign. Or it's like John Rambo or G.I. Jane. If someone's a combat vet, then that must mean many things. They've killed someone, they're unstable, they probably have the PTSD. The problem is nothing can be further from the truth. Just being a combat veteran doesn't mean you're crazy. So this book is a collection, like I said, of Headspace and Timing blogs released in a single volume, categorized by themes, and with some extra content. So what is it about? When selecting the posts that I wanted to publish, certain themes started to emerge out of the discussions that I've had with readers and veterans. If we look at post-military life as something to be enjoyed rather than endured, we need to ensure that our headspace and timing is set correctly. In other words, we have to make sure that we have a strong, positive mindset. Sometimes, yes, that does mean untangling some knots and getting some things straight. But other times, it means drawing on the strength that we displayed while we were in the service to achieve even greater things when we're out of the service. So here are some of the themes, some of the different sections that the book is broken up into. The first one is talking about raising awareness about the psychological impact of military service. This group of articles is an attempt to help raise the awareness about the psychological impact of military service. These posts try to convey the struggle that service members have when leaving the military and rejoin their community, the barriers that exist in getting the support they need, and discussions on prevalent attitudes towards suicide and post-traumatic stress disorder. By raising community awareness, we make it easier for veterans to be open and honest about how their military service has changed the way they look and think about the world. The second section is developing personal awareness of the need for mental health. And so if the first section is about raising awareness in the community about what the impact is, this is about raising awareness in the veteran about what the impact is. In addition to raising awareness in the community, a veteran won't reach out for support unless there's a measure of awareness within themselves about why they think the way they do, why they do the things they do. Without personal awareness about those things that we care over from our military service, we could possibly think that what we're going through is no big deal, that it's something that we can handle. The third section is talking about developing resilience to recover. This collection talks about resilience, bouncing back, and tapping into something that helps us respond to adverse life conditions. The thing about resilience is that it can be developed. It can be learned, just like any other skill. We first have to recognize the need, then we can develop the ability, and the more we apply it, the stronger it comes. The next section is about developing skills to apply to our post-military life. The skills that I discuss in this section focus on how to react to stressors in our post-military life how to protect ourselves when someone attacks us verbally or when we get involved in office politics, practical ways to respond to adversity or that moment in the middle of the night when your eyes pop open and there's a storm inside your head. Conflict is going to happen after we leave the military, just as it did when we were in the military, only it's going to take on different forms and have different impacts. How effectively we respond to conflict is a reflection of our skills. The next section is personal satisfaction in our post-military life. This section is much more personal. It's an attempt to help others understand why I love my job so much, why I have so much passion about the work that I do. If you, a veteran listening to this, can find as much satisfaction in the work that you do that I find in the work that I do, then maybe you'll find that peaceful post-military life that you desire. The next section is the importance of remembrance in post-military life. These collected articles focus on the impact of remembrance, both good and bad. It's a very real part of any service member's life. It was real when we were in the military, and it's just as real now that we're no longer in it. If we get lost in the past, however, we are well and truly lost. It is the ability to visit the past but not make our home there, which brings us peace in our post-military lives. The next section is applying lessons learned to our post-military life. This collection 
provides some lessons that I learned while I was in the service and how I apply them to my post-military life. There are different perspectives because they're generated from different experiences. They may be helpful if you find yourself in the same situation, or they may not apply to you. In any event, we should never pass on the chance to benefit from someone else's experience. And finally, the last section is talking about veteran mental health as mental wellness instead of mental illness. This collection looks at veteran mental health from a perspective of building wellness instead of treating illness. It doesn't assume that the veteran is a broken warrior, pitiful victim, or charity case that must be handled like fragile merchandise. It's a perspective that acknowledges that veterans are what they are, humans, fallible, capable of amazing things in the future, just as they did amazing things in the past. So that's what the book is about. Now, some of you who are longtime readers of the blog or longtime listeners to the show may recognize some of the things that, that we talk about in here. The difference is, is how they're grouped into themes and how they sort of emerge out of different things uh, and, and give you an idea of how I'm focusing on or how I'm trying to teach the lessons about veteran mental health. The book was released on April 18th, and so we've had about 10 days uh, or 11 days or so maybe uh, whenever this episode release, uh, and I've been getting some pretty good feedback. There have already been a couple of pretty good reviews on Amazon, and I'll just run through a couple of those. Just got my copy from Amazon. Hope everyone here gets theirs too. Maybe it will help you. Maybe it will help someone you know. Any parent or spouse that wants to understand, here's a flashlight. There's a lot of great information and hope in this little book. Dwayne France has shown his tremendous care and compassion for veteran mental health in his work here. Now, I like that one, and this is talking about, here's a flashlight. Here's, here's something that would light somebody's path, will illuminate the room that would give people more understanding. Another review comes from a veteran of a different era other than uh, mine or, or those who have uh, served in the post 9-11 military. I'm a professional who sat in a meeting of professionals a few years back and when I expressed a position on an issue, the CEO said, you can't listen to him. He's a Vietnam veteran, and we all know what that means. He's crazy. Unfortunately, the reviewer says, I have encountered that same stigmatization over and over again in encounters with Korean vets, OEF, and OIF veterans. This book addresses the core of those often ill-informed positions. It walks you through ways to live in post-combat, brings our resources, uncovers myths, and places the mental health of veterans in the limelight where it needs to be. Mr. France does a masterful job of making this post-combat veteran real for all of us. Another review says, I'm so glad to finally see this here. Combat veterans are often left to face unique challenges when they come home, and they're often facing them alone. From struggling to re-enter a society that doesn't understand them, to finding a new mission outside the military, to dealing with the stigma of mental health concerns, this book hits on a lot of important, often overlooked aspects of the transition process, and serves as a kind of guiding light to those that might be struggling to find their way. Written by somebody who has themselves been there, it's a book that's filled with truth, humor, chagrin, and a bit of sadness, and the ultimate victory that comes with the veteran finding new purpose once the uniform comes off. It may be short, but it packs a punch. A hell of a book and one everybody should read. I'm going to purchase several of these, the reviewer says, and leave them at local veterans organizations and hope others will do the same. Let's show our warriors that we care and that we'll fight for them the way they fought for us. F that kind of feedback is, is important. You see, I'm not promoting this book simply to get rich. I don't know if anybody has uh, really tried to publish anything, but um, being an author uh, is, is not something that's going to be making tons and tons of money. This is simply another way to get the word out about veteran mental health. 
you know, I've had a lot of conversations over the past couple of days about why do this and, and why put this out. Uh, and, uh, and it's the same thing. Why publish leadership books? Why publish books of fiction? Why publish uh, stories of, um, of heroic deeds? Uh, this is simply my way of providing, a, providing another opportunity for veterans to understand what mental health is about, for family members to understand what their veterans have gone through, and hopefully to be able to have providers who may not be familiar with veterans understand a little bit more about that too. You know, I'm uh, um, as I maybe seem outgoing here on the podcast, it's uh, really a little bit hard for me, and it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that I've actually written a book and I've got the the book here physically inside my hands, um, and, uh, and and it's hard for me to kind of self promote it. But a uh, a good friend of mine said that uh, this is something that, even though I wrote it, doesn't actually belong to me. It's not something that is mine. It's something that belongs to veterans. It's something that belongs to the body of work that post-9-11 veterans have produced. Uh, and, and hopefully, it's something that can really make things, can really change things in a veteran's life. You know, we, uh, we often talk about uh, the effort and the work that we go through and, and why do we do what we do. Sometimes uh, somebody will say, you know, hey, if you reach only one, uh, if you reach only one individual with your words, then you would have changed the world. And, and sure, you know, I, I absolutely do believe that. I do truly believe that some of the things that I've written, some of the things that we've talked about here on the podcast have made a difference. And that does make a difference. At the same time, though, there are a lot of veterans out there who haven't heard this message, who haven't heard this word. Uh, and who, who really need to be able to understand this. So I hope that this has kind of given you an overview of what the, uh, what the book is about uh, and maybe giving you some, uh, some things for the next steps. Let me read a couple of excerpts from the book, my favorites, that might be meaningful to you. This one comes from Part 3, Developing Resilience to Recover. It's incredibly important for us to, to become stronger, to develop more emotional resilience, the same way that we would go to a gym to develop physical strength. Each of the sections starts out with a quote, and one of the quotes, the quote for this section is from Khalil Gibran. Out of massive suffering emerge the strongest souls. The most massive characters are seared with scars. You see, and that's the thing that if you're never tested, you're not actually going to know how strong you are. And if you do become tested, you might find out that you're not as strong as you think. One particular blog that I selected for this section is the one that's entitled, Veterans, How Do You Deal With Insurmountable Obstacles? What do you do when you're faced with inevitable and insurmountable obstacles? Veterans are go-to, get-or-done kind of folks. I was having a conversation recently about the amount of time that it takes to get things done in the civilian world and how we see it differently in the military. At the operational level, we move from planning to execution in a matter of months, days, and even minutes. The flexibility and the responsiveness of the military decision-making process, whether it's the more formal military decision-making process or the grunt-level troop-leading procedures, means that when we observe something, we decide how to react to it, and then we react. However, there were times in our military career and now in our post-military lives when no amount of effort on our part could change the outcome. When we set foot in a new duty station, we're going to inevitably leave that duty station at some point. This may be welcome blessing if you're stationed somewhere like Fort Polk or 29 Palms, but it may also be a dreaded occurrence. I've known people that spent nearly the entire career at Fort Bragg, and I sure did what I could do to stay at Fort Carson for the final third of my career. 
There are things that we just can't influence no matter how much we want to. There's a concept of dialectical behavior therapy called radical acceptance. And I've talked about that both here on the podcast and in the blogs. Here's a recap of what it means to radically accept reality. Reality is as it is. The facts about the past and the present are the facts, even if you don't like them. There are limitations on the future for everyone, but only realistic limitations need to be accepted. Everything has a cause, including events and situations that cause you pain and suffering. Life can be worth living, even with painful events in it. So how do we apply radical acceptance to insurmountable problem? What do we do when we lose a loved one, despite our best efforts, or a brother and sister in arms takes their own life in spite of how we tried to save them? When a relationship ends, or the kids leave, or the job we love or need is taken from us? How, in other words, do we accept the fact that we can't overcome something? That is, that we, as we describe it to ourselves, fail. Here are some thoughts. These weren't your obstacles to overcome. Many of us have a challenge accepting defeat. It's the no-quit, never-say-die attitude that generates success. But how often do we place that on something that's not ours to conquer? It may not have been my fight, and I need to learn to be okay with that. It may have been an impossible fight against unbeatable odds. That doesn't diminish my effort, and it doesn't require my despair at the loss. As I've often told my soldiers when I was in the Army, sometimes you have to fight the fight that you know you can't win just to be able to say that you fought the fight. Acknowledge the effort... Appreciate the struggle, but understand it may not have been your fight from the beginning. And then, knowing that it would still end in defeat if you had to do it all over again, still you would fight. None of us are superheroes. I'm not going to stop the flow of Niagara Falls. I'm not going to stand against a hurricane. The forces of nature are arrayed against me. There's no way I'm going to make it any amount of impact on those things. The list of things that I can't control are numerous. The rotation of the earth, the impact of gravity, the actions of another person. These are simply beyond my ability. Is accepting the limitations of my ability accepting defeat? Is recognizing that I'm not a superhero but fallible, mistake-prone human being a failure? To me, it's reality. Thinking that I have the ability to beat the game when the odds are so stacked so much against me or that I can achieve the impossible can lead to frustration and despair. What we call things changes things. Words have power. We all know that. We can talk about euphemisms and trying to clean up something to make it seem like something more than it's not, but a sanitation technician is still the garbage man. The motor transport operator is still a truck driver. We can call it mental health, behavioral health, mental wellness, mental illness, but it's all still talking about the same thing. The difference is the meaning that we place on the words. If we call the end of the struggle against the impossible defeat, then we're going to feel defeated. If we say, I failed against something as inevitable as death or a natural disaster, then we will feel like a failure. This isn't a circle life discussion like in The Lion King, but then again, it sort of kind of is. If we see the end as a true end and our inability to control inevitability as a failure, then we will have truly been defeated. Focus on what you can control. So how do we deal with it? Sort of like the moment after the punch, there's a moment that exists after the fight ends. What we do next, how we think next, is going to determine our future success. We are now someone that has weathered a great storm, and we may be bruised and broken, but we're wiser. There is more that we understand. We know the sting of pain in a way that was not known to us before, and that's a valuable lesson. That's what we can control, our reactions to the inevitable. As Kipling said in If... If you can force your heart and nerves and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, 
and hold on when there's nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. I can control my will in the moment after life has knocked me down. I can control my heart, my nerves, my muscles and bones to continue on in a life after the inevitable end. Learning that, too, is a valuable lesson. So these are the kind of things that I want to be able to share with you, with everyone, with veterans, with those that care for them. So the question is, how can you support? So there are some ways that you can help get the word out about this book and about veteran mental health. You can purchase one or more of the copies on Amazon. You can do that by by going to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash combat vet book, all one word. You can write a review on Amazon. After you pick it up, you can check it out. You can take a look on Amazon and add to some of those reviews. Leave an honest one. If you don't like it, that's valuable information for me too. Another thing you can do is think of at least three people who would benefit from this book and let them know about it. Share it. Email it. Share this podcast. Uh, If you go on my social media sites, I've put up videos. There's links pretty much everywhere. You can share news about the book on your social media networks. Tag me on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook so I can help spread your appreciation and show you mine. And finally, you can introduce me to people who would like to learn more about the book. I really appreciate your support and help getting this book launched and getting some great momentum behind it. Feel free to reach out to me at duane at veteranmentalhealth.com and we can have a conversation about how you may be using the book or what you may think we can do to spread the word wider. So today's a little bit of a short episode. I just came back from a conference in Atlanta uh, talking about, strangely enough of all things, veteran mental health. Uh, And I'm getting ready to go to another conference in Denver talking about justice-involved veterans. And so this is just a real quick beginning of the month episode talking about the book Combat Vet Don't Mean Crazy. If you've been checking us out since our 50th episode, you know that during the month of April, we've pretty much been covering a bunch of different organizations. Episode 51, we talked about the Kennedy Forum with Vietnam veteran Paul Dillon. We highlighted Psych Armor with Marjorie Morrison in episode 52. The Travis Mannion Foundation was discussed in episode 53 with Derek Abbey. And episode 54 brought us the Bush Institute with Casey Kelly. Coming up in May, we have another really great lineup for you to check out in the upcoming podcasts. These are some more personal connections that I've had, uh, and we're going back to talking about specific things that might help veterans with mental health. An earlier guest of the show, Justin Nasiri, introduced me to a colleague of his at the Naval Academy, Tim Avery, and Tim and I talk about embodied mental health in episode 56. In, epi- in episode 57, you get, a, you get to listen in on a conversation between me and Carl LaFaro, another veteran who is also a mental health counselor who I've known for several years. In episode 58, we're talking Sentinels of Freedom with Carol Prell. Now, this is how things are connected that, as I was talking about the Travis Mannion Foundation with Derek Abbey back in episode 53, he introduced me to Carol and the amazing things that her and Sentinels of Freedom are doing for veterans in higher education. And finally, at the end of May, we're going to close out the month with a conversation that's going way back to roots when we talk to Katie Kopp, an Army psychologist who happened to be my psychologist when I deployed to Afghanistan in 2009-2010. As always, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to not just Headspace and Timing, but also all of the other shows on the Change Your POV podcast network. We would always love an honest review on iTunes or your podcast player of choice, and we look forward to talking to you next week. 
You're listening to Headspace and Timing on the Change Your POV Podcast Network. I'd like to thank the Change Your POV Podcast Network for hosting this show and highlighting the critical importance of veteran mental health. We want to hear from you. You can reach out to me via email at Dwayne at VeteranMentalHealth.com. You can find me at Twitter at The Counseling Vet or head on over to Facebook and look for the Change Your POV Squad. You can find the show notes for this episode and all the episodes by going to VeteranMentalHealth.com or ChangeYourPOV.com. Sign up for updates on either or both so you don't miss another episode. While you're at it, check out the other great shows in the Change Your POV podcast network. The show about remembering our military history and reviving our warrior spirit, changing hearts and minds. The show about outdoor activities that us veterans love so much, Neophyte in the Woods. The show that helps us get going at the beginning of the week, Motivation Monday. And Attack Fridays, the show that brings you actionable tips, tricks, and coachable knowledge to help you make the best of your transition. While you're checking out the other shows, drop us a review in iTunes or whatever podcast platform you're listening to. The reviews really help spread the word about what we're doing. If you're looking for the total package for all the information you need to live the life you want after leaving the military, you found it. If you know of a buddy who's looking for the same info, share it with them so they can find it too. I want to thank Doc Todd for his permission to use his track, Not Alone, from his amazing album, Combat Medicine. Doc Todd is somebody who's trying to bring veteran mental health out of the darkness and into the light, and you can get the album by going to therealdoctod.com. Check it out, because remember, veterans, you're not alone. Ever. The struggle is real, found a piece and lost a soul Eventually my drinking, it got out of control There in darkness I roam, struggling to find home See suddenly death didn't feel so alone 22 a day, destination unknown It could have been avoided if you picked up the phone But now you're gone, so I guess all we get is the tone Nothing but bone weeds, overgrown, pushing up stones I've triumphed over enemies, co-created mini-me's Broke out facilities that tried to put an end to me R.I.P., I'd rather grind in tranquility Authentic Tennessee, embrace my ability Your arm and a gun away from your forehead. It's time, man. You've been through enough pain. Stand up. 
it's time to stand back up. All my veterans, man, Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard. Get up, you know. Are you looking for more ways to learn about military and veteran culture? Are you a mental health professional or public health professional without lived experience in the military but find yourself working with veterans? Are you a caregiver or a family member of a veteran? Then you might be interested in a series of books that have been released with you in mind. By going to VeteranMentalHealth.com forward slash books, you can check out three books that give you an insight into veteran mental health from a combat veteran perspective. These books are a collection of short, consumable essays that discuss a wide range of topics related to mental health and wellness in post-military life. Head on over to VeteranMentalHealth.com forward slash books and check them out for yourself or follow the link in the show notes.